Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church Podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Pastor Elijah Hollis. We've been in the series, The After Party. And we've been learning the art of celebration. And so we've been working through what does it look like to celebrate after the main event. The, the after party literally means the celebration after the main event. And so we all have main events in our lives. You have those incredible mountaintop experiences. You know, you have, I don't know, new birth, and the baby's awesome. And you're like, oh, what a cute baby. And then you come down from the main event, and the baby won't sleep, okay? <laughs> and you're like, that cuteness that we've celebrated the baby shower, it is keeping me tired all the time. And so you have this middle space where you get married, and it's just amazing, you know, everybody's just happy and, and taking pictures and you're saying, I love you, I do. And, and then you come into real life and it's like, wow, we have to work at this. We have to make it happen. And it's that, it's that middle space. And we're learning the art of celebration. How do we celebrate in the middle of the mountaintop experiences? Because you can't live on the mountaintop. You don't. That's not real life. You know, maybe if you go hide off in a mountain somewhere, but I think even then you'd get a little lonely and depressed because you're made for community. But you can't live on the mountaintop experience all the time. You're, you have to come down into the valley. And a lot of times in the valley, you can give up. You can quit. You have thoughts of, of just weird stuff that go on in the valley. And so we're learning the art of celebration. It's the after party. How do you celebrate when the main event's not happening, when the miracle's not there, when you have those unanswered prayers, or you have those times where God's not moving in your life? And I believe he's always moving, but sometimes we can't understand how he's moving, right? Because we have an expectation level of how God moves. So we see if he's not doing miracles all the time, then he's not moving. (laughs) But God causes all things to work together for our good if we're called and we're loved by him, right? We love him. And so God is working. So we've been looking at what is in your rear view mirror. Checking out what's behind you, what God has done. And this is a great thing. We, we start a tradition in our house called the manna jar. And it comes from Moses and the Israelites in the wilderness. Uh, the story, you got to look it up. It's really good. But it talks about how manna came down from heaven. It was a miracle. And so Moses said, let's put this on the record. Put some in a jar. Keep it for the generations to come. So whenever they ask what's manna doing in a jar, you can tell them that's when God showed up, did a miracle in our lives. What this does is when we share the miracles with the next generation, with those around us, we build their faith so that they can see God move in their lives. And so we look back at what he's done to gain faith for what he can do. We look at what he's done to gain faith for what he can do. There's a lot of mountaintops that you're looking at that you're like, how in the world is that going to move? Some struggles, you're like, I don't know how we're going to get through this. Some things are going on maybe in your marriage or with your children or at your school, at your job. And you're like, I just want to give up. But if you can look and celebrate what God has done, you can believe in what God can do right here and now. Amen? Come on. That's good stuff. You look at what he's done so you can celebrate what he's going to do. And then we look at those, those times of unanswered prayer. And what do you do in that time? where you don't feel God moving, you've been praying for years, you feel like, you know, that that child that walked away from the faith is still not coming back, that cancer is still there. 
you have things that have, are going on, you're just hitting the wall, you're still in that same job, and you feel this, 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 this valley is never going to end, what do you do? How do you, how do you celebrate in the middle of unanswered prayer? And what we learned is we celebrate that God is a God of seasons. And you might find yourself in a season of winter, but after winter always comes springtime. That's what we can rely on and celebrate in that God is faithful. He's always working, always moving, moving us in a time of seasons. Isn't that great news? You might find yourself in a hard season, but just wait. God's faithful. You can rely on that. Even in the, the craziest winters, when 40 inches is outside, right? You ever been in Philly in that time? It's crazy. Even in those times when you look around saying, how is this ever going to get better? Then you just rely on God because he's faithful and he brings in springtime. And things that were dead start to come up new life. Things that you counted out all of a sudden repurpose themselves and recycle. Like, God, how'd you use that? But God, his purposes always prevail. His faithfulness never quits. It always endures. And so we rely, we celebrate in the fact that God is faithful. He's faithful. In fact, that song came out of that when we wrote that as change. Um, and if you haven't listened to that yet, you need to get on Spotify Change. I think it's Change Music. Yeah. Just type in Faithful Change Music. It'll, it'll, it'll come up. But we, we wrote that song out of a season where a lot of our team were going through things that didn't make sense. It was the middle time. It wasn't the miraculous that we were like, you know what? God is faithful because we're all on the mountaintop. There was a time when we were going through a lot of struggles. We were going through a lot of things that didn't make sense. And out of that, we said, you know what? We could rely on one thing. God is faithful. My situation might not be faithful. My job might not be faithful. My finances coming in might not be faithful. My kids, my wife, my husband, whatever, might not be faithful. But our God is always faithful. And that's what we can rely on. So today, I want to talk to us about the art of celebrating differences. The art of celebrating differences. How many know there are a lot of different kinds of people? And you come in contact with them every day, and so do I. At your job, you'll walk in, and you'll realize there's different personalities, there's different backgrounds. In fact, take a look around here. Look at all the different types of people, you know? We've got a lot of people, different ages, different genders, different backgrounds, different demographics of where they're from, different upbringings, different schools we went to, different friends we hung out with, different ways we talk and ways that we respond. Differences. They're normals. In fact, we talk about this in marriage. When you come together, you're literally bringing two normals to make one normal, which is super hard. It's super hard. And sometimes when we, we see those differences, it can create a sense of judgment because you see something that's different from what you're used to. And, and differences can create that sense of judgment, which judgment in, in, which, like judgment is the biggest killer of God's mission. I mean, if you think about it, because God came to save and when we bring judgment in, we literally contradict what he came to do. He didn't, came to, he didn't come to judge. He didn't come to convict he didn't, or uh, condemn. He came to bring that sweet conviction in our hearts to bring us closer to him and save us from the things that are killing us. But it's that sense of judgment, and judgment comes from distance. 
And write that down, because it's huge. You're going to need this in every relationship you have, in everything that, every job you go to, every school you go to, career choice, whatever you're going into, relationship, marriage, kids, grandkids, all that. You're going to need this. Distance creates a sense of judgment. I love how Carl Lentz says it. He says, distance creates distortion. Distance creates distortion. When, when I'm far from you, I don't know what's going on in your life. I can't see it clearly. I don't know your story, your background. If I stay away and I stay in distance, I can judge you. So I'm like, yeah, you probably, yeah, you did that because, yeah, you're just going to be that. You're never going to amount to much because that. And I can judge you because distance creates distortion. It's not clear. But can I tell you that proximity creates passion. When you get in proximity of someone and you, what would happen if the church would take off this, this thing that culture and society has put on us, that we should all be kind of distant, right? We come into this, this new era of like, I don't know, like everybody is just stalking each other online instead of really getting to know each other. I can't tell you how many people I run into and they're like, oh my word, I haven't seen you in forever. But how's the church going? I'm like, how do you know that? They're like, I've been watching you guys online. Oh my word, I love it. I'm thinking in my head, that's, that's cool because you can see what's going on. But there is no interaction. You're distant. So that creates such distortion. You can judge me from that. You can judge me from my posts. You can judge me from what we're doing here. in But unless you get involved and you know the story, you rub shoulders and you hear, man, that's what we went through. That's what we did. And that's what we accomplished. You can't, you can't know my story. But we all judge from a distance, don't we? And in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4, it says, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit, the same mission, the same purpose is in all of it. See, distributes it to everybody, but it's different gifts. Everybody's been given a different gift. And we always talk about that here at Change, talk about living out our purpose so that others can find theirs, right? And our purpose is all the same. We're giving the love of Christ to everybody. We're showing them who Jesus is by our life. We're bringing heaven down to earth, right? That's our purpose. But God gives us each different gifts in order to accomplish that purpose. So some of us, he gave us the gift of music. Some of us, he did not. And you need a good friend to tell you that. Some of us, he gave us the gift of organization. And some of us, he did not. Some of us, he gave us the gift of excitement and joy, and it's natural, and we're like, woo! And some of us, he did not. But what's your gift? What has God resourced you in order to accomplish your purpose? But a lot of times, we can look at each other and say, that's so different. What is that? That's not like how I do it or how I was raised or how we did it in my old church or how we did it as a family. That's just, that's just so weird. And we can, we can actually judge the gift, but it, we have to understand gifts are all different, but they all accomplish the same purpose. There's different gifts, but it's coming from the same spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. Verse 6 says, there are different kinds of working, 
but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. So you might have a different looking gift, but it's the same God at work in you. We started this thing in uh, our family where on birthdays, we'll get the birthday person and we'll put them you know, in a spot and then we will just pour out moments on them and just honor them. We'll celebrate them, celebrate who they are, celebrate what they're doing. We'll celebrate things in them. And we've done this with our kids. We did this in our youth group, and, and it got to the point where our youth group would ask us to come to birthday parties because they knew we were bringing the moments. Like everywhere the Hollises went, we brought those moments with us. We, we, we just created that culture of honor for that person that was being celebrated. And so we would do this, and, and I've seen so many times in my kids, and we'll get them on a chair, I'll be like, yo, Zion, I am so proud of you because you are an incredible friend to everybody. You love everybody no matter where they're from, what they do. Bro, you just kill it. All your friends love you so much because of how much you love them. And you're so sensitive, bro. Like, you're so sensitive to knowing what's going on. You can feel what's going on. That's so cool. I'm so proud of you. That's, that's a moment. And then my wife will go and say, Zion, I'm so proud of you, blah, 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 blah. And what we're doing is when we celebrate, when we celebrate one another, we celebrate the gifts in, in each other, we bring things out, the greatness out. We, we are digging for the gift to bring the gift to the surface. Because a lot of us have gone through life and we've gotten covered, the gift has gotten covered by a bunch of stuff that's gone down. And it could be words, it could be abandonment, you could have been neglected, could have been what your parents spoke over you or a friend or an old boyfriend, a girlfriend, or whatever it was, you've been tweeted at or whatever, and you feel at this place where you're covered by all of that pain and regret and shame that nobody can see your gift. Nobody can see the greatness inside of you, God working in you. And so all your life you hear, you are so stubborn. Why are you so stubborn? Why are you so much like your dad? Why do you always have to respond like that? Do you always have to be stubborn? Why can't you ever give in? You're so stubborn. So all of our life we're covered and covered and covered and covered to where our gift becomes a curse. What I found out is that God gives some of us stubbornness because he wants to get things done here on earth and a lot of us that aren't stubborn won't be at it enough to get it done. So we need some stubborn people to say, ah, on my watch, we're going to get this done. I don't care how many times I got to ask. I don't care how many times I got to camp out in front of your door. I'm going to get this done. I'm going to knock until the door is open. But all of our life we hear, you're so stubborn. Why are you like that? And so our gift becomes a curse, and we have a cover. And so now we react in hate and anger. And that's a lot of times what we feel with people is when we talk to them, we feel that hatred. We're like, whoa, what's going on? But all we're experiencing is their cover. Their cover. And so we can't see the gift because it's underneath all the, the cover, the thing that's, that's wrapped around them. So they go through life covered. But when we start to celebrate, right, in Proverbs chapter 18, uh, verse 21 says, words kill, words give life. They'll e they're either poison or fruit. And here it is, you choose. 
God gives us the choice of what to do with our mouths. Look at your neighbor. Say, it's your choice. It's your choice. You got to choose wisely. Because we're either speaking life into somebody and bringing out that greatness, or we're speaking death, poison into them, and we're killing the gift. So when you judge, when you go out and say, you know what, they're so whatever, and they always do this, we put these huge words on it, right? They never, I'm so guilty of this, and, you know, I'm working through it because God is working in me and salvation is working out in my life. But a lot of times I'll say, always, you always, or you never, and we put these judging things on people where God might be working in them, might be slower than we expect, but God might be doing something great in their lives. And if we learn the art of celebrating differences, we say, wow, you are creative. Wow, you're amazing. Wow, look at you. You're such a leader. And we start calling it out in the next generation. We start calling it out in our spouses. You're like, my spouse doesn't do anything. They are so lazy. They don't, they don't, like, they don't appreciate anything. My husband's not leading our home. Yeah, but when's the last time you celebrated the leadership quality in him and called it to the surface? Because sometimes we can just call out the, the negative and judge, and we put that cover even deeper. All the cover that they feel, all of a sudden it gets thicker. They put another layer on, and now it's a parka. Now they're hot and sweating because that cover's so big and thick. We're like, you never, and you never lead, and I always have to, and you never, and I always, and all of a sudden they become this covered person that the greatness can't shine through. But when we start learning the art of celebrating the difference, we start calling out greatness and bringing it to the surface. In fact, we get into the faith factor. You know what faith is, right? It's believing in the unseen. It's not believing in the seen. You know, if I'm like, oh, this is a glass bowl. That's not faith. It's facts, right? Fact is, that's a glass bowl. But if I say, you know what? This glass bowl is going to levitate and fly up here. How many would be like leaning in? Okay, let's see this happen. That's faith because it hasn't been seen. It hasn't been done yet. And so when we call out greatness in others that is not there yet, we're acting in faith and speaking out hope in faith that God will do something great in their lives and draw it to the surface so that they can become light to their world. You start speaking that into existence. You start calling that greatness out. And all of a sudden, people start coming alive to why they're here. We've seen this so many times. In fact, um, in my daughter, because, uh, you know, it, it was different because Zion was like a super easy kid. And you say the word and he obeys. And then Ane came, and she has a little bit of a more stubborn streak, you know. She's, she likes to debate and, and ask why. You know, why are you asking me to do this? Why? I need a reason. I need 10 points. <laughs> it's a whole thing. And so we had to, like, deal with her differently. But I remember, like, Ane, she was super, like, shy and timid and, and all that. We started celebrating in her and started saying, Ane, you are such a bold person. You're so amazing how you just love on everybody no matter what. And you go after them and you, you ask them their name. And, and it's so amazing. We started celebrating that in her. In fact, just she would come back from change kids and tell us, hey, mommy and daddy, guess what? I met someone new. I introduced myself and I made a new friend. Now every week that is the, the go-to celebration in our home. She'll come in and we'll be like, hey, how was change kids? She'll be like, I met a new friend. 
awesome. What did we do? We called that out. It wasn't there, but we called it out as though it were because we saw the gift inside of her that God wanted to do. What would happen if we started doing that in our, in our culture? We started just calling out greatness. And you know what we do? When we celebrate when it's not there by faith, we use grace. It's grace. It's not deserved. But isn't that what Jesus did with us? And I'm so thankful that Jesus didn't wait until I was worthy in order to call me for greatness. Sometimes I get emotional thinking about it because Jesus took an insecure, doubting person, full of fear, full of shame and regret who I was, and Jesus called me a leader. He said, Lige, you're a leader. You're a great one. I'm going to use you for greatness. In fact, um, when I was uh, a younger kid, I was about six or seven, and I was in Royal Rangers. If, you're, if you know, shout me out. Um, date myself a little bit, but I was in Royal Rangers. It's like a Boy Scouts for Christians. And so we were drawing a picture. And it was a picture of Samson, and we were coloring it in. And uh, my, my leader came over. His name was Mr. Bill. And he said, Elijah, you are an artist. Wow. I wonder what masterpieces you're going to create. And that's all he said. But I remember taking that picture home and showing my parents. And I was so proud of it. And I was like, look, Mr. Bill said I'm an artist. Mr. Bill said I'm an artist. I'm going to create masterpieces. And from that time on, I truly believed I was a creative. And I could do anything. I could create masterpieces that no one else could because I was an artist because Mr. Bill called something out of me that wasn't there yet because y'all know six or seven I wasn't drawing anything good you know it looked like trash you know it's probably some scribbles and maybe some stayed in the lines but Mr. Bill saw something in me how am I I'm so thankful that's what Jesus does to us. He sees something that we don't even see in ourselves. If you'd have told me, man, 10 years ago, ah, you got to go back further, actually, 15 maybe, that I'd be preaching, I'd have slapped you. (laughs) But God saw something different in me. And he sees something different in you. And he sees something different in those we come in contact with. He sees greatness. At Change Church, we believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at thisischangephl. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.